our air is polluted. All of these nasty pollutants that are going up into our atmosphere, not only negatively impacting our planet by contributing to climate change, but are also causing us health issues as well. Now, these things have gotten a lot better, don't get me wrong. Air pollution has decreased significantly since different governmental policies and regulations came in place for power plants and other offenders. However, imagine a city with clean air without all that smog. It is definitely possible as we look to electrify our world, not only to convert the energy sources to clean energy, but also to electrify our vehicles and modes of transportation as well. And one ecopreneur who is leading the charge and making this change and making this transition for England is Gordon Riley. He is the CEO and founder of Electric England and is looking to electrify England by providing a marketplace for e-bikes, e-scooters, and electric cars, educating people on the safe use of electric vehicles, and getting the infrastructure in place to support the transition to a cleaner world. So don't miss a single second of this interview as we touch base on all the major points of how Gordon and his team are set out to electrify England. You're here for another dose of climate positivity on the Green Business Impact Podcast. Here we highlight the amazing work of green businesses from around the world that are fighting against climate change. If you are ready to be inspired to take action, ready to hear some amazing examples of how we are working to fight the climate crisis, then stay tuned because this week's episode will be the perfect hit of climate positivity. We link people with electric cars. We have a news website, electricengland.co.uk, creating academies of education and training, working with universities and other education establishments. And we've just rolled into some new training programs out now to some schools in the UK. We're in preliminary talks with Microsoft as well to look at training some of those guys over here. So that's a brief synopsis of what we do over here. Well, there's lots more in the background, but I could be here all day, Billy, if I'm honest. Definitely. No, I understand that for sure. And you mentioned you're bringing out some new training programs. What are they? Absolutely. It depends on the client, but the ones we've got in two weeks time with a local school, they commissioned us to come in and do a four-day workshop program with them. So essentially, we're starting off, there's two two-hour sessions each day, so 40 children in total, and we're teaching them about why electric vehicles are important, how they need to look after the environment, why creating sustainable energy is important too, and then we're going to show them the different vehicles that are around, teach them how to ride scooters and electric bicycles as well, and then we're going to look at the different kinds of career opportunities that are available for them when they do leave school, based on what we predict is going to be happening in the future in five, 10 years time. There's not going to be the same need for mechanics, for example, in the same way to maintain cars. We're going to need more electricians, for example, and, and technicians, rather than somebody that can un unscrew a thousand pieces and put an engine back together. It's going to be about a dozen moving parts instead of 300. So we're looking at all these things in schools and we're moving on to colleges soon. And that's what we're doing for the local 10 to 16 year olds in our area at the moment. And like I say, we are in preliminary conversation with Microsoft as well. They've got a massive new campus that they've opened in the UK and they want us to go down there and, and train several hundred of their staff how to ride scooters safely from one point of the campus to another to make sure they're all up to speed with health and safety regulations and to make sure there's going to be no avoidable accidents. So anyway, we can help. We're down there for, to answer a lot of questions and show them how to go. That's awesome. 
Very cool. And when you have these electric scooters like on the campuses, do they have like charging stations or where does that come in? Indeed, we're looking at providing some charging stations for them. Otherwise, it'll be based in a shelter where it's completely waterproof and at the end of the day, it'll be isolated from main buildings. So they'll just plug it into a shelter and come pick one up whenever they want to commute from one part of the campus to the next. Yeah, so that we're not sure if they're going to be building charging stations yet, but it'll be one of our suggestions most definitely. Very, gotcha. Very cool. Do you guys have a place on your website for charging units as well, or do you just have the scooters and other electric transportation vehicles? That's a great question. We're looking to provide a, a one-stop shop, essentially, but we're also looking for people to join us as partners with, in joint ventures. So obviously we can't do everything ourselves, and there's no point in us reinventing the wheel. There's experts out there already that can bring so much to Electric England. So we're looking for opportunities and uh, introductions so we can find synergies between companies and people that do provide these facilities rather than go out there and invest millions of pounds in a new segment of our company. We might as well bring the expertise on board already. So we're looking for individuals and companies that want to reach out and perhaps partner with us on some projects. Yeah, definitely. Being able to partner and work with other people who've already done it. They've already made the systems, have the technology, have it all set and going. It's so much easier just to say, hey, you guys are doing great work too. Let's work together and we can provide an even better service to our customers and reach the end goal that we all want to meet. So I think that's awesome. Absolutely. And I think that's probably why Microsoft reached out to us as well. You know, we've got certain amount of expertise in this area as they do in theirs there's no point in them hiring a, a huge amount of staff and then training them up and buying all the equipment when you can just outsource it and get a service management yeah definitely and it's so much faster too just the time to be able to complete that project is so much easier than having to do the whole thing yourself and so what is your guys mission we talked a little bit about that here just a second ago and so what is your guys mission in general for electric england we want to provide cleaner communities both for the public and for businesses businesses can play a huge part in that the way they commute the way they deliver things especially last mile deliveries you can achieve so much by taking out the carbon and putting in sustainable electric for last mile and first mile deliveries so we're looking at creating like i said cleaner communities and progressively cleaner air for future generations to benefit from. Big believer that when you're in the countryside or the seaside, close to the beach, that's the best air you can usually breathe. And I want to bring a lot cleaner air to the UK and eventually around Europe. I want some of our principles to spread further afield. Yeah, definitely. And what led you to create Electric England? That's a great question. It was a life-changing moment, actually. In 2012, I had an accident at work. And I ended up with a brain injury. And then two years after that, I had a heart attack. And it was really a time of reflection. I couldn't be the usual manager I was. I used to work for the biggest IT company in the world as a manager. And I couldn't do it anymore. And I'd lost my identity. So I took some time off, registered disabled. And took some time off to decide what I wanted to do with my rest of my life because I knew I couldn't go back to what I used to do. So I did a little bit of traveling and thinking. I visited America both New York and the West Coast. I went to Sweden, Russia, Copenhagen, Ukraine to have a look what was going off around there with to do with creating cleaner environments. And when I got to Copenhagen particularly, I was hugely impressed by the amount of non-carbon burning vehicles that were in the town center. There were actually more scooters, more bicycles and electric bicycles than there were typical internal combustion engine vehicles. And that's the moment where I thought I really want to bring that back to the UK because we're probably five years behind where a lot of Europe is at the moment and it presents so many opportunities for improvements and for business and for education and I thought I'd, the rest of my life the rest of my working life 
wanted to commit to that and super excited that we're on our way just getting recognition now and things are coming on board people are coming on board politicians are changing the public's mindset is changing and hugely positive time at the moment and i'm getting speaking a bit quicker now because i'm getting excited just talking about i'm going to slow it down yeah, hugely exciting. Yeah, definitely. That is very exciting. I know when we first connected on LinkedIn back in May, I know you mentioned that one of the big points that you wanted to hit for 2022, one of your big goals, that milestone came on the day we met, ironically. So tell me a little bit more about that and then why that was such a big goal for you for 2022. Absolutely. Like I said before, we were created in 2020 on the back of my visit to Copenhagen. And it took a long time to get established. And we've been in front of politicians in, in groups of councillors, 80 councillors. I've stood in front of them and begged for their assistance for two years uh, to try and get this legal uh, in the UK to own private scooters and to support the riding of private scooters in a safe manner, to try and get the infrastructure changed so it's more supportive of manual transportation and so you can have bicycles and scooters like physically se segregated from lorries and cars. So then you're going to get the uptake because people know they're going to be safe. People know that they're going to be doing their bit for the environment as well. And it was hugely exciting when in May it was revealed in the Queen's speech for the year in Parliament that a new bill had been created to create a whole new category of, of electric vehicle called a light electric vehicle. And, it, and initially it was specifically for electric scooters. And that's something we've been working on since 2020. And in May 2022, it's beginning to take fruit. Yeah. It's a hugely exciting time. Yeah, I'm very excited. That's awesome. When you start getting those policies in place to where we can actually see some changes happening, that's always very exciting. So that's awesome. And I know we touched a little bit about on how you're also going out and providing training courses and things. Why is it important for you to not only provide the courses for people to purchase electric transportation devices and stuff, but why is it also important for you to also provide this training as well? Sure. There are two reasons, really. I did a lot of research by reading other people's work and traveling to other countries and also closer to home. My son had an accident on an electric scooter and severely cut his head. And that is one of the reasons why we formed Electric England as well. I didn't want anybody to have an accident, especially not on, on a vehicle that I'd provided. It was essential to me after reading all this and my son going through that, that I looked at what the causes are and I established through, not just through my work, but through other people's work as well. That it was important. They had training, riders had training and they had responsibility for how they were riding. They also had a quality vehicle to train in and to ride on a day-to-day -day basis that was maintained by themselves. And they also needed the infrastructure. There's no point inviting millions of people to ride bicycles and ride scooters if you don't have the infrastructure and people are scared of getting too close to a big 16-wheeler or cars flying past them at 70 miles an hour so it's up to the government and local councils to step up and provide the facilities and the infrastructure that people need to make this a more mainstream means of transportation and i think we're getting there now so electric england are doing things on all three fronts of training, quality and infrastructure. So we're providing the training now to hopefully Microsoft in the near future, but to educational establishments as well. And we think it's going to take a lot of our time. I think we're going to need to expand that department in our business because there's a huge potential. People want to go out there and know they've had the right training to make sure they're safe in what they're doing, not just for themselves, but for other people as well. So that's the training, the quality. We're working with two universities at the moment in the UK. There's Warwick University 
known for manufacturing. We're looking at bringing some manufacturing away from China over to the UK. We're doing feasibility studies at the moment with them. Essentially, if we bring the manufacturing to the UK, then we cut out all the shipping costs, all the carbon costs of shipping all the way from China. And then we bring jobs to the UK as well by supporting manufacturing, not just of uh, metal products, but of composite products as well, that are just as strong as metal, lighter than metal and manufactured in the UK. So we're not as reliant and we're not creating that massive carbon footprint of a big container ship moving all the way across from China to Europe. So that's how we're going to improve quality. And as I said previously, we've petitioned the government, we've petitioned the councils and MPs. And we've been in local press and national press, we've been on the TV to try and get people aware that we need these changes in infrastructure and to get people on board. And it's hugely exciting times. That's all three of these things that are taking shape now and they're all, yeah. All coalescing together it's really good to see yeah definitely no that's awesome and it definitely like you mentioned the infrastructure it definitely takes that infrastructure being there so that people feel safe when going out i know like a lot of cities that i've been to and like my own hometown you can't really go very many places where you actually have a sidewalk and like a place to like just walk and then not only that but like they're they have done like a pretty good job in some places where they've put in bike lanes and stuff but most places like don't even have a shoulder like you're like on the corner of the road and i'm actually i'm a very avid biker i used to bike to work every day before i started working from home and it was very much i'm on this road it's a two-lane road and i'm there and then like big trucks are passing by me and it's just it's crazy so the infrastructure does need to be there it's important for us to support this transition as well it doesn't just take more vehicles and more it also takes the awareness of people and making sure people feel safe so i think that's really great that you guys are working on that aspect as well not only the being able to sell and also being able to change the mindset and helping people tra and training them but also being able to change that infrastructure i think that's hugely important fantastic yeah i completely agree with you people need to feel safe before they're going to make it a main street part of the day to use better means of transportation and i think getting in touch with local councillors and mps i think a good place to start is with local council for anybody that doesn't feel safe plus it's on everybody's agenda now so i think there's a lot more push from mainstream I think lots of voices will get heard if they do approach politicians in yeah. whatever country they are. Exactly. Because that's what they're supposedly there for. They're supposedly there to hear from the people and understand what their concerns are and try to get them addressed. So they're there for us, <laughs> even though we sometimes feel like they're not there. They are there. That's what they're supposed to be doing. So we reach out to them. That's a huge part of it. So I know we mentioned the one goal of getting that recognition from the UK government to allow these vehicles to be registered what are your other two goals that i know you mentioned up on linkedin but i know you probably have other goals as well the what are your major goals for the rest of 2022 great question they keep changing if you want to change <laughs> getting added to i've got so mm -hmm. many goals i have a desk full of goals it's keep reining me in a little bit because yeah you can't achieve all the goals at once so i have to keep prioritizing the goals um, right so the, go the goals at the moment are to continue doing what we're doing the three elements we're working on with the training the quality and the lobbying government they're our prime goals at the moment but also getting more people to use more contemporary means of travel not relying on internal combustion engines not relying on a lift to school or a lift to work not just driving a car 
for one mile for one person. There's far better ways to provide a role model to other people. You can be a role model by making small changes, I think. And a lot of people can do that without a big difference in their life, but it will make a big difference to the planet. And that's, we've only got one planet. We do, there's no second chances for it. So we need to do all we can. And, and, and today's the day to make a change for everybody. It really is. They're our primary core goals. But also we're looking to get more businesses on board. We're looking to partner with businesses, but also get more businesses with a mindset that they can make a huge difference as well. So we're looking to electrify a lot of transportation now by solar, hydroelectric, wind turbines. They all produce sustainable energy. You can get heat pumps as well. So you don't have to keep burning oil and coal and other resources. You don't need to burn things to power things up. Since we discovered oil about 200 years ago, the spike elevated out of nowhere on the amount of carbon that we were creating. And it's going into the carbon cycle, but it's not being used up. So we need to stop using as much carbon. Over the last 200 years, it's peaked like never before. We need to get that down. If there's an increase by two degrees in the Earth's atmosphere, then things seriously start to go wrong. And we need to make the changes before they do. And we can do that. If we all pull together, we can indeed. So we're looking to influence a lot of businesses as well. And yeah, just consulting with them and introducing new methods and new modes and new models that they might not be aware of. And we're starting in our, our hometown of Sheffield in the UK. We're based at the Olympic Legacy Park in Sheffield. And it's got a great history of manufacturing. It was one of the one of the dirtiest towns because of the manufacturing in the 70s and 80s. But we invented stainless steel in the city and Sheffield's world-renowned for steel. Actually, in one of the Huckleberry Finn books, it mentions, I think it was Hook, that had a penknife made of Sheffield steel. It was renowned for quality. But with that comes a legacy of having dirty air. So I want this to be the first place where we start cleaning the air. You know, it's one of the most polluted places in the UK at the moment, Sheffield. And it's my job and other people's jobs and responsibilities as well to do their bit to clean it up. It really is. We're making inroads. There's still a long way to go. Yeah. Definitely. And I know, especially for steel manufacturing, there's a lot of talk about how renewable energy sources, they can't provide the type of heat needed, the temperatures needed to really start creating, to actually transition that manufacturing process for steel because it has to get so hot. And so there's a lot of talk around, okay, we need alternate energy sources. We can't just like convert straight over. And a lot of talk has come around hydrogen and stuff like that. So there's definitely a lot of, of give and take there. Renewables, there's pros and cons to everything. So some there are some limitations that renewables have, and that, that is definitely one of them. So being able to clean up that area around in the steel manufacturing is definitely going to be a huge goal for a lot of society for the next couple of years in, in solving that issue too Absolutely. you're a fountain of knowledge billy you really are you always <laughs> an interest in hydrogen and other technologies as well i won't pretend to know a great deal about blue and green hydrogen but i am very interested in all the all the variances of it and how it can benefit us so i'll be doing a lot more reading when i've got some time on that yeah definitely i think it's so interesting what we have come up with so far with hydrogen and the potential that it definitely has it'll, it'll be very interesting in the coming years for sure and did you have any other goals i felt like i cut you off no so many goals it's unbelievable but the main ones we're going to focus on at the moment are, are turning businesses to non-fossil fuel burning through how they use energy in their business and how they transport things so that's one of our prime goals as well i'm going to mention it again the training the quality and the infrastructure there are our prime three goals Obviously, we need to get businesses involved with that as well. So we can multiply and create a, an Electric England network, which is one of my, my ultimate vision. Awesome. Great. And where do you see the future of the electric 
transportation market in the next in the coming years? Sure, good question. You keep coming up with these great questions, Bill. Thank you. I've been to quite a few seminars and a few big exhibitions where people from all over the world exhibit their wares and their new technologies. People come to talk about how excited they are as well with the new inventions and the new models and the new prototypes. Hugely excited. I'm not. I'm going to slow my speaking down again because I might get carried away with it. But I've seen electric helicopters, electric tractors, seen electric speedboats, electric yachts electric cars, electric two-wheelers, electric bin collecting machines, the big ones that come once a week. Yeah, yeah the garbage collectors. Yeah, absolutely, garbage collection. There's lots of small vehicles that are used by food chains. There's lots of weird and wonderful-looking two-wheelers that, that pivot to 45 degrees on the side and they go around a corner. There's so many different models and so many different form factors out there. I think the only thing that might be on a back burner for the moment is electric aeroplanes because i know the weight of the battery is yeah creates the physicists quite some problems in trying to figure that one out but i think in fact i'm I'm confident that there'll be so many forms out there competing they'll be up to the public and business to decide which ones are broadly adopted that'll only come through people voting with their feet and voting with their wallets as to what is best that takes a little bit of time as the cream rises to the top you'll see what's most suitable for your personal needs what's most suitable for your business needs but there's a huge myriad array of vehicles that are out there at the moment. And yeah, I can't wait to see more of them on the roads or, or in the skies or on the sea. Nice. It's been made everywhere. Really exciting time. Yes, very exciting times. That's great. And I love to ask this question as well. So what are you currently learning right now? Learning to delegate. I do so many hours that I'm learning. I'm able to hand my baby over to other people kind of thing and, and trust them one of the, that's one of the things i'm learning that i don't have to do everything personally but other things i'm learning i'm reading lots and lots about i read lots of white papers from around the world of what's going on so i'm learning every day about what's going on not because i feel i have to but because it's hugely interesting exciting to read about what other people are doing yeah i'm trying to learn more about ecology as well so we're learning about how all these things don't just affect the human race all the other ecology fauna fauna and other living creatures as well and how this change is going to benefit everybody all species as well it's not just our future generations but the future of populations of different species as well that we're looking after definitely i'm just trying to learn more about that as well yeah for sure because it's as we clean up our impact on the planet it's definitely going to help other species be able to come back as well being able to have that ability to live and thrive is not just sustainable for us, but it's also sustainable for every other living thing on our planet as well. So I couldn't agree more. Just about to say the same. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And if somebody is interested in reaching out to you, learning more about how they can partner with you or learning more about Electric England, how can they reach out to you? Sure. There's three main ways. You can put Electric England in Google and you'll find us right at the top. Uh, You can look for me on LinkedIn. My name's Gordon Riley. I'm the founder of Electric England and the CEO. And the other way is you can email me directly if you want to talk about a partnership. So just email me at Gordon. That's G-O-R-D-O-N at electricengland.com. And I'll be happy to answer any questions or listen to people's proposals or ideas. Or even if they just want to chat, I'm very happy to speak to anybody that's interested in helping save our planet, make it a better place. Definitely. I love it. And I have this one last question. So for anyone looking to grow their green business, what is one tip that you would give for them? I think they need to look why they're doing it. It can be a huge vocation and hugely rewarding. 
the tip I would say is read, find what's going on in the world, find the big players who's doing what, look at the small players as well, and get a broad perspective of what's happening. And then on a small scale to start with, see how you can make a change in your community, in your personal life, in your business, or see how you can make a small change and then try and multiply that by sharing the information with other people. Definitely. I love that. Thank plant you so much. Yes, plant the tree. Can't agree more. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much, Gordon, for coming on the show. It was really awesome having you on here. And I hope that we can definitely have you back on again someday. So thank you so much. That'd be wonderful. It's always a pleasure talking to you, Billy. Thank you very much for your time. Definitely. You too. And if you enjoyed learning about how Gordon and his team are electrifying England by introducing electric scooters, electric bikes, and electric vehicles to the UK, I invite you to check out this interview that I did with John Gilly, who is creating Green Island EV, a microtransit electric vehicle manufacturing company. Think small buses and delivery vehicles right here on US soil in Green Island, New York. And let's electrify our world. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Green Business Impact Podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing your weekly dose of climate positivity. In a world that constantly inundates you with the negative things happening, it can be great to take a break and hear some great things happening in the world. Make sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app to stay up to date with the latest and best interviews of the top minds in the green industries. And if you are interested in taking your green business to the next level, consider checking out our Business Creativity Mastermind linked in the show notes below to harness the power of creativity and innovation to 10x your business. Thanks again, and we can't wait to see you back here next time for another hit of Climate Positivity.